Broadcasting live from the Hocking Hills in the Out of the Boat Ministry headquarters, you're listening to Cast the Net. Here's your hosts, Matt Heinis and Sean Fraunfelder. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, Lord, we want to thank you for today. Um, Lord, we want to thank you for what this time of the year uh, means. Um, Lord, it's when um, it's when God came and dwelled with man. Um, it's when your Son um, came here to 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 be with us. Um, Lord, I pray that during this time that we make sure that we focus on that. Um, nowadays, Christmas has become so commercialized, but um, Lord, I, I pray that we never lose that focus um, of what this, what this time means. But also, Lord, I, I pray that we take the, the perspective from from you, the Father, because you knew what your son was going to be going through, and you knew um, the uh, the path that he was going to be on um, once he came into this world, uh, Lord. So um, I just pray that you uh, kind of silence some of the busyness that we all get, uh, that um, that you just have the Holy Spirit move in us just to to kind of calm us and just to really reflect on what uh, this time of the year means. Uh, Lord, we're so grateful, um, so grateful for everything that you've done for us. Uh, Lord, we um, we want to thank you for this opportunity uh, that we have through this podcast and through uh, Out of the Boat Ministries. Uh, Lord, we pray that you just continue to keep working uh, through us. Lord, I pray that we continue to be um, obedient to your um, to your word. Uh, Lord, again, we thank you for all that you do. Lord, we love you. I want to pray this in the holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Castanet podcast number three, brought to you by Out of the Boat Ministries. Uh, I am Sean Fraunfelder, and I'm joined once again with mine is making us sound good again. Good evening. And Adam Shine is making us sound good again. Hello. So, uh, for for podcast number three, Matt and I were talking uh, a couple days ago, or maybe yesterday. I don't know. All my days are running together right now. Yeah, and that's the one. This irritates me about this time of the year. Like you become just so incredibly busy. Like my wife made a comment this morning that uh, her and my daughter are just, they're going to be home tonight with nothing to do. And I'm like, man, I'm so jealous. I like to be able to be home with nothing to do. Um, but anyways, when we were talking, um, I think our topic for tonight is going to be tradition. Oh boy. <laughs> so, um, a tradition in all kind of different forms. Um, but I had just went to a couple weeks ago, went to the, we are church initiative. And one of the things that they have you do, one of the exercises that they have you do is basically they have a whiteboard and they draw a line down the center of it. And on one side is 
commands. What are you commanded to do? And on the other side was traditions. And they had all of us basically yell stuff out. Um, so I took those notes and I have them with me. But basically, that's what I want to do today. And I, I, I want for all three of us to do it. To be able to look and say, okay, what do we do in our normal everyday life that is a tradition? What do we do at church, which is a tradition? And what is commanded for us to do? And, and, and where do some of these traditions come from? Do they make any sense? Do they... Why are people so afraid to veer off of them? There's no better time of the year than to step into this conversation about tradition than, than this time of the year. The, yeah. the holidays, if you would, whether that be you start your holiday at Thanksgiving or your holiday starts at Christmas Eve and Christmas and, and New Year's. Um, I think there's so many areas that we'll be able to get into into this. Um, before we do, though, I do want to give a shout out. Uh, today's taping is December the 19th of 2019. And if you like the intro music, that is from the band called The Protest. They're really good friends of ours here at Out of the Boat. But their drummer, Jared Bramlett, his birthday is today. So just want to give a shout out to Jared Bramlett. Happy birthday, brother. We love you. Appreciate you guys uh, being the rockers that you are and uh, allowing us to use your song, Valor. Folks, if you have not heard the protest, go check them out. If you've not heard their new album, please go do that. Um, and if you get an opportunity to go see these guys live, like you need to go see them live, um, and you need to stick around and, and have a conversation with these guys after a concert and see and get to learn um, their heart for the Lord. Yeah. Um, I'm planning on going this weekend. Are you really? Oh, really? I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. That's the, Good for that's, you. <laughs> that's been the one thing. Um, look, I love their music. I do. Um, but it's uh, their heart for the Lord. Like, that's why... Um, I mean, that's why, we've, we, that's why we started having them back. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the, the, the bond that kind of brought us together. Um, but yeah, for any of you out there who haven't, uh, heard, um, heard of the protest, go look them up. Uh, great songs, uh, great artists, but they're just better men. I mean, they, they, they really are. Uh, so, and we consider them very close friends of ours at out of the boat. Uh, we love those guys. So, uh, want to wish you a big, uh, big happy birthday, buddy. So uh, we talk about tradition. So one of the traditions that we always have when the protests come here is they always come in a day ahead of time uh, before Move the Hills, and uh, we send the band off to, to do some things just to get away from life for the day. Um, but then on Move the Hills Day, uh, with their set list, one of the traditions that we have enforced, if you would, and out-of-the-boat style, would be that the protests know that when they come to move the hills, their song Ironclad has to be played. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. It is a must tradition. Right. It's a must. If, if they want their bus to run, 
Well, if they don't want to push it back to Indiana. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they don't want, you know, six flat tires. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. So where do you want to start on the tradition piece? We could go all over the place on this, and we might just do that. Well, so um, I had a conversation with my, I had one of my family get-togethers this past weekend, and I was talking with my aunt. Sorry. Um, and so I love my Aunt Barb. Absolutely love my Aunt Barb. Um, and she uh, she said she was going to do Christmas next year. And that's, that's great. And she said she wanted to have a, a, a pasta, all pasta. So everybody mm. brings, whatever they bring, they're going to bring a pasta dish for our Christmas get-together. And I'm like, that's great. But for me, that kind of opened the door for why do we do what we do? Why do, well, why do we have these traditions that we have? And where do they come from? So, you know, I spent time, you, you find out where's the whole Santa Claus thing come from weeks out of the year and then throw it away. Like, wh- where does that tradition come from and, and what, what's the purpose for it? Why do we do it? I mean, because it's, it's a no-brainer. Like, if somebody was going to say, we're not going to put up a tree this year, you would you'd be like, what? Why are you not doing that? But on the same question is, why do you do it? So, so I said, I was saying the same thing to her about tradition. And then, so she kind of agreed, except for Thanksgiving. She said that that one's, that one's off the table. You have to have turkey, mashed potatoes, noodles, stuffing. I mean, and I'm like, <laughs> why? Why? So, but for her, uh, I guess those foods bring back memories of, of you know, our our great grandmother who passed away, and and my grandmother, her mother who passed away. Um, but but that's the thing, though, like. You got together, the reason you got together was because of the family and because of the love you have for the family. It wasn't because there was going to be food there. I mean, so, well, except, yeah, I mean, I understand. But I mean, I mean but. I find it funny that she she was willing to have pasta Christmas, mm-hmm. but that Thanksgiving traditional meal was untouchable. Right. Uh, folks, the more you listen to us and you get to know us at Out of the Boat, we love food. Mm-hmm. Th- there is nothing more outside of the love of the Lord in our families. We we love to talk food, we love to eat, and we like to joke around about it. But you're right. I, I can think back in my own family, pretty much the same Christmas meal uh, every year for most of my life. Yeah, that would be ham. Um, mashed potatoes, noodles. Of course, then you have like the different pies, cakes, Christmas cookies, shaped like ornaments, etc. But it really does go back into like, do we only think about our family who are gone only on the holidays? Right. Well, I mean, why do why do we why do we make it such an effort to see our family 
this time of the year? How come not in July? Yeah. I mean, but this is one thing. If you want to tie, if you want to tie this to Scripture about gathering together, I mean, in all reality, um, I mean, my mom's side of the family is a very, very close family, um, and I mean, I, I would. Uh, to me, I would think, why don't we get together more often? You know, why does it only have to be Thanksgiving, Christmas? Um, and I understand, you know, people have schedules and things like that, but it's, I don't know, it's just, it's its that no-brainer for this time. But, I mean, we sh- it's an amazing gift that the Lord has given us in the size of the family and the way the family is, you know, still basically, you know, together. Um, but we really only take advantage of that during this time of year. I mean, there will be aunts and uncles and cousins I won't see and, unless there's a funeral. Right. That I, I probably won't see until next year, or I might see once. But, yeah. But it's weird. If you If you get the exact same family together in July, then... It doesn't matter what food's there, but if you get the food, if you get mm-hmm. the family together in the winter time in December, there's got to be a certain amount of a certain kind of food. Like if you like so, but anyways, that's one of the that's one tradition. You know the Christmas Thanksgiving Christmas tradition. I mean, we all do it. We all each each one of our families have our own thing. But have you ever sat back and said, why do we do this? What is what is the purpose of this? And then to say. Why don't we change it? Ooh. That's probably more difficult than amending the Constitution of the United States <laughs> for most families. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, you know, to say, hey, we want to do Christmas on the 23rd instead of the 24th with, you know, one side of the family or not. How does that go over? Ooh. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, honestly, Aaron and I have talked about this. You know, once my daughter gets past the the um, the Santa Claus, is I think it's the whole presence thing to celebrate that God came to dwell with us. Uh, I think it's kind of weird. Um, so I talked, I, I I was talking to my wife about, you know, once we get to that, to just, why don't we go somewhere each year for Christmas? Instead of spending this money on gifts and all this, why don't we just go somewhere and create memories? Because when you were in sixth grade, like, do you remember what you got for Christmas? Likely something Star Wars, (laughs) maybe the Millennium Falcon or... Right, but you don't know for sure, but... No. Did your parents ever take you on vacations? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. those? Absolutely. Because you're creating memories together. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember some of my Christmases, but, like, the one, the, the one that I... The one that I remember all the time is when we drove down to Florida during Christmas break to go visit my dad's 
sister because it was just something different. I mean, you know, we tore the tree down, I think maybe Christmas Day or the day after. And I mean, it was just, that was kind of weird. But it wasn't like it was a great trip for me. I mean, I don't, I don't remember it being that way. Um, but we went and did something. I was with, you know, we rode down with my grandfather and my mom and dad. I mean, I remember that. So let me ask you this question, gentlemen. Um, as believers, most of us um, in the in the circle of friends that we have celebrate Christmas, but we know there are many Christians, proclaiming Christians, who do not who who believe that it has been modernized, that it takes away from Christianity, and they kind of look down on us for celebrating it. And I just want to talk about, what do you guys think about that? Because here's where I'm at. Do I believe that Jesus was born on December the 25th? No. No, I don't. I don't at all. I think he was probably born in the fall, maybe what we would know as September. But either way, you know, there are those folks who are the Christians, the same ones who don't celebrate, who say, this was started on a pagan holiday, and so you, you really are celebrating pagan beliefs when you celebrate Christmas on December the 25th. And so I think about that, and I think, are there stories out there that maybe lead to this originally the 25th was a pagan holiday? Yeah, there are. But let's really think about it. Whether it's December the 25th, June 1st, February 20th, whatever day we want to pick to say, you know what, this is the day we want to celebrate that Jesus, God in the flesh, came to this earth, what does it matter? Like, right. it's almost like if you don't celebrate Christ's birth on the right day, you're not going to heaven and you're not going to be blessed. God's not going to hear your prayers. And well, well you can't listen to those prayers because they don't believe it's on the 25th. The other thing too is you need to be careful of, well, you don't celebrate the way I celebrate. You don't worship the way I worship. Mm, you don't, yeah. because you don't know their story. You don't know um, where where Christ has taken them. Yeah. Um, but when you when you mentioned that, the the what popped up into my head was when Paul said, it, you know, I'm paraphrasing. If you're going to do something that makes your your brother stumble, like don't do it. Like, if if you believe that you're not going to celebrate Christmas because you think it's a pagan holiday and you believe, that's fine. That's your choice. You can do that. Yeah. Don't do something that's going to make your brother stumble. Like, don't you don't have to cause a scene. This what so this is what's going on 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 social media right now. Star Wars opens today. So you get a bunch of people out there going. Oh. You know, I don't care. I don't. If you really didn't care, you wouldn't comment. Hmm. But all right, so what? If you don't care, other people do. 
if you don't choose to celebrate Christmas that way, that's fine. Other people do. The last time I checked, salvation isn't wrapped around how you celebrate Christmas. Yeah, I think, and it goes both ways too. As the majority of Christians do celebrate Christmas, we should not look down upon our brothers and sisters who choose not to. Yep, I agree. No, I agree. But if you're going to take that pagan stand, I better not see you going out for Halloween. Hmm. I better not see you, it's, it's you know. A, it's a fall festival. Do it, you're right. I better not see you uh, hiding Easter eggs. Right. I mean, um, better not celebrate Valentine's Day. I mean, how far do you want to go with it? Sure. Well, and that's where I think, I mean, let's think about this. And, and like we talked about uh, in our earlier podcast, a lot of times, folks, we're not just preaching to anybody. We're preaching to ourselves more than anybody mm-hmm. else. If somebody said to me, where it talks about Mary and Joseph, in the past year, have you read the scripture where it talks about Mary and Joseph heading back to their home, you know, for their census? Mm-hmm. You know how many times I read that a year? Once. Yeah. Do you know when it is? During this time of the year? Yeah. Christmas Eve at my mother's, uh. at my parents' house. Um, and that is a tradition there that uh, one of the Highness girls reads that scripture from the Bible before any gifts are opened so that there is always that in their mind of why, why are we having these gifts? Why are we here together as a family? And then that gets read. So why is it that I only read that one time a year? Like, shouldn't that part of the Bible be more inspiring than just one time of the year? I mean, should we not celebrate every single day as washed in the blood saved Christians that the fact that Jesus chose to come to this earth? We should, but we've lost the awe of God as it is. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if I said it last time, maybe I said it in a text message. I mean, there was a time in human history where people were afraid to even say the word God. All right, they just use symbols. And now... Hmm. It's a curse word. Yeah. Like, that's where we've come. But, I mean, there was also a time where to get the word of God, I mean, you had to travel to get it, or people worked, you know, half their lives. But now we have it. We have it on our phones. We have, you know, travel Bibles. We have study Bibles. We have, I mean, we have so much access to it that we've kind of lost some of the the awe of it. I mean, every one of us has a smartphone. Mm-hmm. So probably everybody who's listening to this, who's got a smartphone, you have an app. You can pull up scripture anytime you want. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you know, if you don't like that verse and, 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 and that translation, do you have all the different translations all on your phone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20 years ago, people would have had to carry around four or five different Bibles to have what we have in an app right now. Shine, you're being quiet over there. What do you got for us? Where you at on this? I'm I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying. I mean, there's the the culture is completely different than what it used to be, um, which makes it ironic because everything's so different yet 
we do hold on to those same traditions that seem special or certain in our life where it's not necessarily the tradition that uh, is important. It's the memories that we're making. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a big difference. Sometimes hard to break, though. Uh, right. Yeah, I think I'll tell you one that um, a tradition is not a holiday tradition, but it was something that uh, Pastor Ron Grubb, who uh, is a friend and a mentor uh, to Sean and I, and to many of us at Out of the Boat. One thing I heard him talk about, uh, I grew up in a Methodist church most of my life. And when I started to go to Lancaster Community Church at the time, I remember hearing Grubby give a message and he was talking and he said, you know, uh, if you have a loved one that's in the hospital, you, you don't need to call me to go pray for them. You can go do it yourself. And I remember thinking, what? What did he just say? The pastor's not going to go pray for somebody at the hospital? And then it was the next point that really got me, which is your prayers are heard just the same as mine. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, wow. I kind of was always raised that the pastor was in an elevated position that his prayers maybe were heard before mine, but in reality, the Bible makes it very clear we're all on a level playing field here. Yeah, and, 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 and Peter is very specific on that. Yeah, and so just the thought of, you know, folks, if you have a loved one that's in the hospital, you don't need your pastor to go and pray for them. You can go, you can bring your friends, you can pray over them, and God will hear your prayers the same as your pastors. It's not like God's like, nope, you know, I was going to help them heal from that appendectomy, but because the pastor didn't go and pray, <laughs> they're going to be in the hospital another week longer. Mm. Well, along with that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that expect themselves to bring people who they think should be saved to church and then expect the gospel to give be given, which the gospel, absolutely, we want to be given at church, but their expectation is um, quite literally, I'll bring them to church, you save them for me. And, you know, that's, I don't think, I think that there's an opportunity there at times, yes, but, you know, I think that we should be going out and, you know, sharing the love of Christ to our our friends and our family. Um, and as a result of that, them wanting to know more uh, and potentially, you know, be able to become saved then make it to church and to have them have an opportunity to go deeper at that point. But sometimes I think that's quite backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. The great point of um, that, that could be east to church and then you hope the pastor tells them about salvation when that, that could be easily you and only you right. not needing anything else. Uh, I can recall when I was a young boy, um, my grandma would yell at me if I ran through the church because the church is holy. You don't run in God's house. It would have been an outrage if you would have walked into the small Methodist church I grew up in with a cup of coffee and a donut in your hand. Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I understand I'm probably going to make people a little upset with this comment, but 
it's not God's house. I mean, do people realize that when when there's no believers in there, God's not there? Like, it's not the tabernacle anymore. Yeah. I mean, we as believers, we bring God to the church when we get just a building. Right? There's nothing holy about the building. No. So it's, it's been one of my things that, and maybe I'm a little bit off base on it, but we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Scripture is very clear about that. All right. God does not dwell in man made structures anymore. So to call it God's house, I, I, I don't get that. I mean, because if you look at our church right now, I don't, uh, what is it, Thursday? Well, there's probably, if there was nobody there right now, God's presence is not there. He's not. It, it is one of those traditions that we've been talking about that, right. you know, um, I, I just remember like when Joy and I, we're going to LCC at the time. I felt so guilty walking in with a cup of coffee and a donut to hear Grubby's message uh, on a Sunday morning. Now, I felt guilty deep down because that was new. That was something that I wasn't accustomed to. But I sure did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed being able to have the praise and worship music and and then to listen to Grubby's message and to get a drink of coffee and, and to have a snack, you know, that, that was great. So this is where I want to head down. Well, All right. and, and I have a question for you. I'm going to interrupt you. So, so do you think, do you think it's easier to meet God in a church in, in a sanctuary? No, no. Okay. Um, for me, maybe it does sometimes, but that doesn't, you know, but is that just because I'm I'm used to meeting him there? Maybe. Mm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. No. Uh, for me, it's 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 alone time. There's no alone time sitting in the sanctuary with well multiple other people. And, and I guess I should elaborate a little bit because there are times where I spend alone time, but it's in the sanctuary, and maybe it's the fact that it's I'm alone. Um, but there's definitely alone time in the sanctuary that I have purposely been there for just to spend time with God. But maybe it's just an opportunity to be alone as well. It, it, I mean, very well could be. I yeah. mean, but spend that same amount of time alone out in the woods and yeah. see if you start to meet him yeah. there. I mean, um, I, I, again, just bouncing off the what we just talked about a little bit ago. If that's where you find God and that's where you feel close to him, by all means, yeah. spend time there. Um, it's not for me. I, I, didn't, I wasn't raised in a church. Sure. Um, it's, not where, um, it's not where I met the Lord. Um, it's not where I started my walk. Uh, and the first church I went to didn't have a steeple, didn't have bells ringing, sure. didn't have all that stuff. So uh, I'm not caught up in all the traditional... Um, you know, church stuff. I mean, which is all, it's all man-made stuff. It is. I mean, it's all man-made. I, I, haven't, I haven't read the scripture yet where Jesus says, okay, now let's start building buildings and putting steeples on them and put bells in them. And uh, on Sundays, 
Uh, we're going to have service, and we're going to start off with reading the the bulletin, uh, and then the praise and worship is going to come up and do three to four songs, and then there's going to be a monologue, and then praise and worship may come up for another single song, um, and then we're going to go home. I mean, that that's the basic. You can walk into almost any evangelical church, and that's going to be the, that's it. But, so I mean, I guess this is where, you know, we start off with a, a soft opening of talking about family <laughs> stuff. Now let's get into what we do on Sundays. And let's see what Scripture actually commands and the stuff that we do that is man-made. All right. But we put so much value on. You talked about running and stuff. How many people are still upset because you don't dress up when you go to church? Yeah, uh, you know that that was kind of a tradition where I went. Um, that on Sunday, you know, um, my my mother's parents, um, my grandparents on that side of the family, they were farmers. Um, they had dairy farm. They hauled milk um, before the governmental laws on pasteurization of milk and selling that. And then uh, once that came, um, they started to um, haul water for for pools and those type of things instead of milk. But they were farmers. So I think my grandfather had one suit, but he wore it every Sunday. And everybody else, for the most part, in the church at least wore a tie um, or a button-up shirt. And so that was tradition, right? That, well, you, you, you dressed up and you wore your best. So then uh, to transition into, and the same church was, you, you had two types of music, um, organ or piano. There was no band, there was no bass, there was no electric guitar, there was no drum kit. And I, again, I remember the first church that I went to, LCC, Ron Grubbs, Lancashire Community Church. I walked in there and there was like a riser guitar and I was just like, wow, I've just, it was just different. It, it felt strange. Doesn't mean it was wrong. It just felt strange because the tradition of 18 years of you, well, you had a piano or you had the organ and that was all you had. And so me walking, wearing your best, right? Me, me walking into that exact same church that you were at, not having the experience of all the other stuff that you'd had, I just walked in and I was like, Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And we got live music and and we got donuts. And, and this is where I want to challenge folks listening. You'll hear this a lot from us. We want you to, to think outside of the box. We want you to think for yourselves on things. Do we want you to search the Lord? Absolutely, we want you to search the Lord. Take some things that we discuss and take it to the Lord. Ask Him. But the very thought of, do I understand why people want to wear their best when they go to church? I get that point. Because people say, you know what? I love the Lord. I love what the Lord brought me out of. And I feel like I should wear my best for Him. I get it. I'm not going to bash you for that. But don't bash me because I want to wear blue jeans and tennis shoes and an out-of-the-boat T-shirt. Right, but on that same thing, though, when you go to crack the Bible open, do you make sure you get your Sunday best on and you're going to go read the Word? Oh, when I'm at home? 
No, I mean the the people who think that you need that you need right. to wear this. I mean, you're coming into the presence of the Lord. I mean, when you pray, right? Yeah, great point. And I think it goes back to a lot of the fundamentals of what Jesus talked about over and over again. Is I don't care about the outside. I care about mm-hmm. the inside. I care about your heart. So, where I'm going at with with the whole thing was. Wearing your Sunday best, is that a commandment or is that a tradition? Oh, definitely tradition. I would think it's a tradition. Okay. Um, when and where you meet? Well, you know, um, that's obvious uh, a, a close subject for you and I when we talked about... Uh, a out of the boat group and and what it would be and kind of the mission of that the the tradition is obviously a church with a steeple and a cross but we really looked at we want to find those people who say if i walked into a church it would fall in on me and so in turn we were meeting at your shop. Uh, then we went over to one of the local buildings here in town that's just a building. Uh, and then we're here at the world headquarters of Out of the Boat, 57 West Hunter Street, Logan, Ohio. Mm. And this isn't a church as in a steeple, uh, you know, at noon every day. It doesn't play music with bells from the outside for the town to hear. But what goes on in that building when we meet here is church. Right, but I, I, but I think we misuse the word church. Mm. All right, so Christ never referred to the church and scripture as a building. It was the people. Yep. All right, so what we should say on Sunday is, I'm going to go to the Antioch building because again, with nobody in there, God's presence not there, and the church is not there. But we've we've said, well, the Presbyterian Church. The I mean, it's just these buildings. We call the building a church, and it, the building's just a building, right? I mean, I don't. I mean, so when Peter gave the first known Christian sermon and 3,000 people were saved. Were they in a church, in a building? Uh, more than likely, they were probably in some type of open-air courtyard. or And the Spirit seemed to move pretty good there. Yeah. I mean, they went from 120, pe- 120 believers to 3,120 believers. Yeah. That's a pretty good church growth and after a sermon. I think maybe if, um, to the folks listening to this, a good question you might ask yourself if maybe you're trying to figure out if you are, how much you do for God is is tradition. You know, ask yourself this question. Ha- have you ever really thought about that if you say a prayer in church, is it going to be heard any better than if you say it at your kitchen table with a cup of coffee? 
if, if your answer is, I think it would be heard better when I'm in church, then I think you're in tradition. Because mm-hmm. I, I want you to know that God hears your prayer no matter where you are. When you call on the name of Jesus, he hears it. It, it doesn't matter where you are. When you call out to him, right. he's going to hear it. Whether you're in church, whether you're in jail, whether you're sitting in the in the courtroom getting ready to be sentenced to 30 days for DUI or for, you know, robbery because you needed some more heroin, whatever it is, wherever you are, he's got to hear it. 542. Now, I do have uh, uh, here in uh, Acts 542, just to, to give some, some insight or, uh, a, you know, an observation, I guess. Um, obviously, I would suggest everybody to read this for themselves and read the whole passage, not just this one verse. Um, and it's the only one verse that I have brought up too, so I think it would need a little bit of more uh, understanding. But he did talk about day after day in the temple courts and from house to house. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, with that, I think, and I'm sure that we, you know, people would understand that this is how we feel, you know, that that building can still be used for people to congregate to worship God. Um, there's multiple facets, multiple ways to be able to worship and honor and uh, learn and um, hear the gospel. Um, and a, a building that we call a church is just one of those ways. It is. I mean, but so many, so many people um, put so much value on the building. Uh, so many people well, I mean, so much where, value on I mean, many other things at part of that building and part of that tradition. Yes. Yeah. Right. But so let's say, okay, I'm a business owner. Let's say you are a, uh, a finance manager at a bank. All right. Let's say I come to you and I say, man, I need to expand. You know, I, I, I need to expand. So I need, I need to, I need a loan. You said, Okay. And uh, I said, well, um, you know, I'm really, really busy two days out of the week. The other five days, there's not really anything that goes on. Mm. A couple things here and there. But, man, those two days, I'm slam-packed. So I need a loan to be able to get a bigger building. As a finance manager, what would you say? Uh, no, thank you. But, but traditionally, we do that with church all the time. Well, we're really packed on Sunday. We need something bigger. Okay. We're really packed on Wednesday. All right. Well, what about Tuesday? What about mm-hmm. Monday? How many people were in there on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Like, so many resources are 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 spent on on a building that sits that sits empty 75% of the time. Yeah, good point. I mean, so but people just have this tradition like I I you know, I I I have to go to church. I have to like and they can't imagine church to be any 
other way other than what we do right now. Mm. But yet, if you never knew anything about the American church and you read scripture as the picture in your mind that you would come up with what we do on Sundays. I wouldn't think so. So then why we do it? Right. Because of tradition. So I'm going to flip, I want to flip the table to the other side of the coin. Um, I used to be one of these people for a while. I've worked with many of these individuals for many years who their tradition is I don't have to go to church to worship God. We all know him. We've all had it said to us. And if that's you, if that's where you are, you don't have a church family. You you are the person who, on what it would be the traditional day to go to church on Sunday, um, you maybe go work on your car and then you go watch football. And your your statement is, your tradition is, well, I don't want to be in church to worship God. What I want to say to you is, yes, you, you, you are right. You, you don't have to be in church to worship God, period. You're right. But what I want to say to you is, you are missing out on something incredible. But also, I want to say, why are you so selfish? And I say that in this way. It's all not about you. It's very possible that the reason that you go to church, that God wants to encourage us to go, is because whatever you have been through in your life that God has brought you through, seen you through, maybe you didn't even know that God was with you at those times. Maybe all of that was so that you could be with the person who maybe is a stranger who you sit next to in church, who's going through the same thing that you've already came through. Mm. It's not always about you. Going to church just isn't about you getting your cup filled. We hear that all the time. Mm. Oh, man, I got to get to church because my cup is empty. You should be filling your own cup. Yeah. So, okay, go to church and fill your cup. But here's what you ought to be looking at. Is there people around you whose cup is empty too that maybe you could help fill? Yeah. Right. So if that's you, if that's where you're at, um, just just consider that. Consider the fact that going to church and worshiping there, yes, it is still about God. It is still about recognizing him and worshiping him there that are wounded, that are hurt. But it is about the fact that there are people in there that are wounded, that are hurt, that deeply maybe need an encouraging word from you. I mean, I think, you know, fellowship with the believers, I, I, you know, that is commanded. So... That's kind of what I look at when I see, you know, corporate church. Um, but so let, let's flip over to what is commanded in Scripture of us, especially when it comes to church, what we call church. But what, what are the things that are commanded of us? And then let's see how much of that is actually done by us or, or any of us who go to church on Sundays. So... Number one, the number one commandment. We all know it. Love your Lord God with, with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Yep. And the second is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love yep. God, love people. Right. All right, so we'll go ahead and get that commandment out of the way. All right. So, past that. Um, 
Go into all the world and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Right. Make disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, baptism. Uh, old teaching the young. Teach the word. Uh, prayer. Meditate on scripture. Care for the poor. Forgive. Unity. Sing to the Lord, although there is no, um, there's nothing in Scripture that says you have to appoint a worship leader to be able to do that, though. Actually, the, actually, the only thing that says uh, positions that need to be is elders. The only thing, elders or deacons, is the only thing that's mentioned. But yet, we have boards and we have this and that. Um, on on the piece about singing to the Lord. Um, one thing I, I I want everyone to note there, it doesn't say what instruments that you have to use. It doesn't say that proper music is only with a piano or an organ or a, a harp. Or There isn't anything like that in there. It just says, sing your praises to the Lord. No, it's tradition. Right. I mean, like the tradition that our parents hold on to of, these hymns and these, is that what they were doing? Three, you know, at 300 uh, AD? Yeah, no. No. I mean, so, um, everyone using their gifts. Mm, that's pretty deep, actually. So, is everybody who goes to your church. Are they using their gift? Or do we have a select few people who are using their gifts? And, and that's, that, I think that kind of goes back to what I just talked about, which is, um, you know, one of the studies that we just came off of here at Out of the Boat Ministries was spiritual gifts. Mm. And, you know, folks, I got to tell you, if you think I got a, a great radio voice, a podcast voice, you should hear it sing. It is mm. terrible. <laughs> and so my gift is not that of worship and singing. That's not my talent. But one of my gift is loving on other people. So, you know, maybe that's being a greeter. Maybe that's getting the coffee ready to go. Maybe that's making sure that um, on, on the days that the church is meeting that that I'm I'm walking up to to folks in the church that maybe are new faces and introducing myself and welcoming them. Um, you know, don't think that your gift that you're going to use on a on a church day is just well, you're either preaching or you're singing. Right. There's right. much much more to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And and with all that, um, you know, talking about traditionalism and even this tradition of having this building just for church. You know, it's not saying abandon that, It, but if you have an opportunity to use your gift in that church with the community of believers, that church of believers, that's an opportunity to turn that around. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's have those conversations. You know, what can we do better to serve God? Well, we have this building now, but how can we better utilize it for God than just Sunday mornings? Um, how, how can we change our time together to be more, uh, of a representation of a biblical acts church, um, it's certainly not going to happen night and day. Uh, it, for the most part, I mean, 
I've seen some great changes at places before, but Plus, you we can't, can you can't get people to change what they're going to eat for Thanksgiving, let alone give up the church <laughs> model. Well, you know, but man, it's 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 an interesting time we're in. That's for sure. Uh, the distractions we have, even within the church, and uh, the amount of people that are in church that uh, know and believe in God, but doesn't have a relationship with them, and it's 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 disheartening but what can we do to change that around not just what can the people that's in charge of the building church but what can be we do as a fellow members of this community of believers to to really change this and really in, inject ourselves into these people who are half in half out you know right and i i guess you know so part of the point i'm trying to get across is You'll have people that will hang their hat so heavy on music. That's not. And they're wearing jeans and a sweatshirt to go. We're here singing hymns, and I have a nice shirt and tie on. So um, so we're doing it right. Where, yes, but you're commanded to love your neighbor as yourself. So they'll skip over to love your neighbor as yourself to make sure that they've got a nice shirt and tie on and and that they're singing proper music in their mind. Like, I guess if anything from this is just take a moment to look at what it is that you do, whether it's family traditions that you do at the house, and I'm not saying all traditions are bad, um, or is it the, the ritualistic traditions that we do at church and say is this what's commanded of us or is this just what we do because this is just what we do I mean look we all do communion alright and communion has become a ritualistic thing we do it every other month on the second Sunday of the month or whatever it is but have you ever noticed that in scripture what did Jesus do right after communion We washed their feet. When was the last time we did that at church? About a month ago, actually. <laughs> right. Other than that, yeah. how about the big C church? You know, right. Big. Right. But the 18 years that you grew up never, going to your church. Never. Was never even thought about. Right. How many times did you do communion? <laughs> oh, maybe quarterly, I think, at that time. Right. You know, yeah. Well, listen, um, as we wrap up here today, we want to thank you for joining us. Um, as we've, we always do, we would love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you're out there and you've got some, some prayer needs, reach out to us, um, whether it be on our Facebook page, um, outoftheboatministries.com as well. You can send us an email. If there's some stuff that you would like to talk with us about and need us to pray for you about, we'd love to hear from you. But what I would like to remind everyone listening today is that Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. No one loves you more than he does. Uh, he cared for you so much that 2,000 plus years ago, he decided to come to this earth in flesh so that he in turn could be nailed to a cross 
for our sins. That's how much he loves you. And so maybe maybe you've had a rough childhood. Maybe you've had a rough adulthood. Maybe you don't know a loving father. Maybe you don't understand Jesus or Christmas. If you take anything from this today, just understand that there's religion and tradition and there's relationship. Mm. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I encourage you to do so. Um, We would love nothing more than to talk to anyone about how to have a relationship with Jesus, how to get out of religion and tradition and to get into relationship. Yeah, and, and, and to go off of that, is your relationship with your wife a relationship or a tradition? Well played. That, Sounds I mean, like a, That is really... It's a great point. So that's what the, that's that's part of what we're trying to get across yeah. is knock down those barriers, have a, a, a relationship, um, and and don't make this a ritualistic thing that's just done on Sundays and just to appease, you know, just for a checkoff box. Yeah, mm-hmm. amen. So. Adam. You got anything? Nope. I think we're good. I think that's, uh, we had made some great points. And Adam, do you want to close this out in prayer? Sure thing. Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you for the opportunity to be here, to be able to discuss, to bring different viewpoints, uh, but, and ultimately to be able to glorify you. Lord, we just want to be able to have conversations with each other, uh, have conversations with you, uh, ultimately to become, to have a better relationship with you. Lord, I pray that we can continue to do that with you, and I pray that you can continue to be an integral part of our uh, upcoming podcasts. And you'll have any name. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Cast the Net, a production of Out of the Boat Ministries. For more information, follow us on Facebook at Out of the Boat Logan, or visit our website, outoftheboatministries.com.